Hi, and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode, Christmas, Anxiety, and Our Messiah, is the first in our series called Why Jesus Came, with the conversation being led by our head pastor, Yukon Chu. We are going to continue on uh, with the second half then of our time here, engage with the specific teachings and uh, life of a person named Jesus. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, we focus on Jesus uh, in our conversation about holistic spirituality. And the reason we do that is because we believe that while spiritual truth can be found in all sorts of places and spiritual well-being is, is found in different sources, there's something unique about Jesus. There's something unique about who he was, what he did. And we hope that in this time, especially in this Christmas time, we can reflect and engage with the person and the teaching of Jesus. And so today, like uh, was mentioned earlier, we're getting started with a new series on the Christmas season. It's called Why Jesus Came. And in these next five uh, weeks or so, our hope is to take a moment, reflect on what I just said, why Jesus is unique, why specifically um, we think he's a better source or a unique source for our spiritual direction, but more specifically, we're going to focus in on the Christmas story and use the Christmas story to reflect on what's so unique about him and why he has something to say to our spiritual journey. Now, as we usually do, before we get going with the conversation, I'd like for us to kind of break the ice with each other, with the people we're sitting with. And so I'd like for us to turn to our tables and just ask some simple, basic questions about this Christmas season. This will help us get into our conversation today. But, um, you know, as this Christmas season gets going, I'm sure a number of you are excited about the season. I know I am. Uh, Some of you who follow me on Instagram know that we set up our tree right away and got things going uh, right away the day after Thanksgiving. And so we're pretty excited, but uh, I'd love for us to hear about why you're excited, but not just why you're excited, but also what you may be anxious about as well in this season. Can you take a moment and turn to your table partners and for about the next two minutes, just share the answers you have to this question to get us started? Thanks. All right, so... I'm curious, uh, how are we feeling in this room about this season? Who wants to share with us a little bit about what they said? All right, let's get started back here, as usual. What are you excited about? What are you anxious about? Okay, I am so excited for Secret Santa, or Secret Friend, which I want to call it, because, because now that I'm older, I only get one present. So my Secret Santa is like, whew, present for you, present for you, present for you. And also, like, giving presents to people is, like, really nice, unless they don't like it. So then, like, my heart breaks, you know, but that's about it. Thanks, Fanny. Let's give it up for Fanny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah? Um, I think... Excited would be just like community building and just being able to hang out with friends a lot more often. It's like, it seems for some reason like in this season, a lot of people like to get a little bit closer. Um, But anxious, I think it would be 
Like, I definitely want to make this year more about giving to others and giving to, like, you know, family and closer. And so, like, I'm definitely thinking about, wait, what can I do instead of just sitting at home and preparing for what I'm doing? And how do I help people outside of my own household? Okay. All right. Let's give it up for Jenny. Yeah. Thank you. What else? What are you excited about? What are you anxious about in this season? Okay. Um, I'm excited that the semester will be over. And this should be a good one. I have three, I'm taking three classes, so that would be like, whoosh, woo. Okay, that's what I'm excited about. All right, all right, let's give it up for Rita, yeah? How many, yeah, how many students or teachers here are like, yes, I can't wait for this holiday season so I can get off, yeah, okay. Anybody else? What are you excited about? What are you anxious about in this season? How many of you, like, have actually gotten, started getting ready for Christmas? Just a handful. How many of you are like, this is like totally catching you off guard, the holiday season? Just you, you have not even thought about it. Okay, 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 good. Yeah. You know, you know it's interesting, right? Christmas and this holiday season, it's, it's always sort of interesting because it, it's very regular, right? It just comes and it goes. And whether you like it or not, you know, Starbucks is going to change their drinks. Uh, whether you like it or not, uh, you know, Main Street, uh, Highland Park, and George Street, New Brunswick, they're going to put up the snowflakes, whether you like it or not. Uh, whether you like it or not, people are going to be talking about it. They're going to be, there's a lot of, in, in some ways it can feel like pressure, right, to get ready for this season, for whatever, for whatever reason. And not only that, the reality is the rest of life continues to go on, right, regardless of the holidays, uh, when I think about this holiday season, uh, yes, on one hand, I think about the family, the gifts, the decor, the meaning of Christmas, all these sorts of things. And then I just have to, like, pull up my newsfeed. I'm just reminded, like, oh, my goodness, the rest of this world is going in a direction that is a little crazy. The rest of my life is going in a direction that's really crazy. The holiday season, while very nice, can often produce some anxiety because of all this other stuff going on. You know, as we think about why Jesus came, and as we take this time to focus in on our, our, our series for this Advent season, I'm excited about this series because the story of Christmas, the original story of Christmas, was not actually very glamorous. The original story had nothing to do with the lights and the excitement. There was no Starbucks in Jesus' time, thankfully. Uh, no pumpkin spice. I guess it's not pumpkin spice latte anymore. It's all the other ones, eggnog latte, all these things. It's not about that. The original story was actually very, very gritty. It was very down to earth. It dealt with the things we actually deal with every day. And as we take a moment to spend these next five weeks reflecting on the original Christmas story, my hope is that you and I will actually find some help in this holiday season with the anxieties we may feel about this season. But perhaps even more importantly, I hope we can find some help that will extend beyond this season. Some real help, real connection with spirituality and God that will take us through, really, day by day, the day by day realities of the life we live. Today, specifically, we're going to look at an excerpt from the story of Jesus, 
and his birth. And what I think is really fascinating about this story is that we will find some help with the political anxiety that we face in our world. Now, when I say political anxiety, I don't necessarily just mean politics. If you kind of get to the root of the word political, it means relational as well. Uh, Whenever people are gathered together. It's really fascinating. I think today's excerpt will help us understand that God is in the midst of that kind of anxiety. And more importantly, God, through Jesus, wants to lead us through and lead us out even of some of that political anxiety we face. Let's take a look at our excerpts for today. They're on the table. And um, let's just think through what's going on here, all right? Now, some of you are familiar with the birth narrative or story of Christmas, of Jesus. Uh, Specifically, you will remember perhaps that Jesus' birth was somewhat supernatural, miraculous, right? A person named Joseph and Mary, they were engaged to be married. They were pretty young, most likely. Mary was most likely a teenage girl. Joseph, maybe a late teen or someone in his early 20s. And they were engaged in a one-year kind of engagement process in that time period, in that culture some 2,000 years ago. They were engaged to get married, but somehow in that engagement, Mary gets pregnant. They weren't supposed to be having sex yet in that engagement, culturally, religiously speaking. That was not something they were supposed to do. And so great controversy arose. And Joseph, the, the, the man in the story, thought secretly, oh, man, what is this woman doing? Who did, he, who did she sleep with? What's going on? So he wanted to divorce her. Now, an angel shows up, if you remember the story, says, no, don't do that. This child is from God. I don't know about you, those of you who are men in this room, would you believe an angel <laughs> that came up to you and said that about your fiance? Weird. Really weird story. I mean, you don't want to talk about down-to-earth Nitty-gritty story. This is like, wow, hold on. What's going on? Anyhow, they dis- Joseph decides to stay married or, or c- continue on with the engagement. They eventually uh, get married, and then this baby comes. Specifically, this baby comes in a place, uh, comes or gets delivered in a city called Bethlehem. Uh, They have to go to Bethlehem because of a census during that time. And so our story, our excerpt here today, picks up at that point in the story. Read with me, if you will, this first uh, paragraph in our excerpt today. It says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Pause really quick. What are the Magi? Uh, Many of you, again, are familiar with the story. These are, quote-unquote, wise men that come from the east, east of where Jerusalem or Bethlehem is, east of uh, where Palestine is. Most likely, these people come from modern-day Iraq. Most likely, the Kurdish people today, Kurds, you may have heard about them in the news, they trace their origin to the Medes from which these Magi are from. So in your mind, you might want to picture modern-day Kurdish people dressed in garb from 2,000 years ago coming to find Jesus, okay? That's kind of the backdrop. Now, they came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? 
We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and soon, as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Now, it seems like a straightforward story. These people, based on some of their astrological observances of the time, they believe that a Messiah figure, a savior figure for the world is coming, is to be born in a place called Bethlehem. So they go and talk to the ruler of that period, of that area, King Herod, and ask him, well, where is this king? Now, if you noticed in sentence number three, you notice that King Herod is described as being disturbed about this news, and perhaps more importantly, all Jerusalem with him. Why are they so upset? Why are they so disturbed? What's going on? Why are they so anxious about this king that may be coming? Well, you could imagine why King Herod would be anxious. That means, wait, is there somebody who's supposed to take over my job? But the rest of Jerusalem is scared because King Herod, if you know some of the history of this time, was not a very nice person. He was not a very good ruler. He was known for killing his own wife, killing his mother-in-law, killing his son, killing a few siblings because he was afraid they'd take over. In fact, the, the story, I was rereading the story of how he decided to kill his wife. Check it out. His wife found out that he was plotting to kill her, so his wife said, you know, I'm not sleeping with you anymore. He gets more mad and then enlists the mother-in-law to accuse her daughter to help kill the daughter. The mother-in-law obliges. But the mother-in-law obliges because the mother-in-law felt like, if I don't do this, he'll kill me. He kills the mother-in-law anyway. This is the kind of guy that was ruling the land, all right? You talk about being anxious politically. I mean, I'm a little anxious politically about what happens in our country these days. It's a little crazy, I think. I'm a little nervous sometimes about what people in our government decide or don't decide. I have a feeling many of you are a little nervous as well. Thankfully, it's not like Herod in this situation. And so these people are, honestly, the text, I think, brings all this up because I think the text is trying to tell us God gets it. He understands. He, he understands the anxiety we face. He gets the situations we find ourselves in, and He is willing to come right in the midst of that to say, hey, I'm going to provide salvation. I'm going to provide some help. I'm going to provide 
a way out of this situation. Now, the details, we could go on with the details, but let me, let me just cite one more thing about this first paragraph that's interesting. You notice that there's a quote in sentence number six that comes from what they simply refer to as the prophet, okay? If you look at our second excerpt, I've actually taken the quote from the prophet. It's the prophet known as Micah, who uh, was around some 700 years before Jesus was, I've taken the full excerpt of this quote from the prophet because I think it's important for us to read this quote from the prophet to better understand what this prophet was actually predicting and saying. So if you will, look at me, look with me, don't look at me, look with me uh, at, this, at your handouts and, and uh, let's read the second paragraph really quick or the second excerpt. It says this, marshal your troops. Again, this was written some 700 years before Jesus came. I'll read it and kind of give you the background. Marshal your troops now, city of troops. For a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the, chest, on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of the brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. And he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. Now, if you think about what's being written here, uh, again, some 700 years before Jesus comes, on one hand, you read this quote from the prophet and you think, oh yeah, this is talking about Jesus. It kind of makes sense. Uh, there's this person, this deliverer coming from Bethlehem. Uh, there's this woman who's going to give birth to him. Like, oh yeah, it fits the story of Jesus, so it seems. But then if you look at sentence one and sentence five, you think like, wait a second, but this is talking about like an Assyrian evasion, isn't it? Like it's talking about the city needing to have troops, and then in, in sentence five, this person, this Messiah figure will give peace when the Assyrians come to our land, and this actually does happen around 600 BC, 600 years before Jesus comes. And so, so is this really about Jesus, or is it not? And if so, if it is about Jesus, what is this actually trying to tell us? Let's answer the first question really quickly. Is this really about Jesus? Because some of you in this room are thinking to yourself, and let me just be a little uh, cynical if you will, uh, just because I, I have friends that think like this, I've thought like this in the past, isn't Jesus and his followers just making stuff up when they pull out quotes from these prophets? Because clearly this is talking about someone else, right? Well, it turns out that if you were to read the Jewish leaders of this time, so these are non-Jesus following people, the Jewish thinkers and leaders of this time, the Jewish leaders would actually say, no, this is talking about a future Messiah that is coming. But the way the prophets work, these Jewish leaders would say, is the prophets, when they see something in the future, they kind of see it two-dimensionally. Like, for example, this diagram here. When you look at this diagram up on the screen, you'll see two circles, right? Can we get the two-circle diagram on? Thank you. You see two circles here, right? And this is a two-dimensional view of two circles. And so you think to yourself, okay, yeah, this is a diagram of two circles. But what if... This was actually a three-dimensional view of an object. 
right? And so this is kind of the three-dimensional view, right? And so what happens is when, you, when prophets write about things in the future or see things in the future, they get a two-dimensional perspective. And so it all looks like one event to them, right? In reality, when it plays out in time, it's actually three-dimensional. And so Micah here can only, is seeing two-dimensionally. He's describing, he's seeing something happening, a, a savior figure for the Assyrian Empire, so he thinks. But in actuality, he's, just, he's actually seeing two sets of events that are going to occur down the road. Okay, and so this is one of the way these prophecies work. And so this is actually indeed talking both about Assyrians and also about Jesus. Number two, what is this then saying about Jesus, this coming Messiah figure? I love this description starting in sentence four. And this is where uh, we need to remember, I think, uh, that the first paragraph, the first excerpt, is actually thinking about this as well as they think about their political anxiety that they're going through. Notice sentence four. Just read with, you know, just look at it with me again, if you will. He, meaning this Messiah figure, will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, and they will live securely. Now just think about those words. Strength, you might want to circle that. Majesty, majesty refers to something's beauty or something's like the wow factor something has. And then circle that word securely, okay? Think about, think about your anxiety right now. Think about the anxiety you face maybe from your family, maybe from the demands of this holiday season. Think about the anxiety maybe you feel at your workplace. Think about the anxiety maybe you feel because of our current political situation. I'm talking about the government, both locally, nationally, globally. Just think about that really quickly. Wouldn't it be something if there was somebody who could come and be a strong leader, yet a leader with majesty, a leader that led in a way that was actually kind of beautiful and wonderful, and a leader who could give you security right where you need it? That's the story of Christmas. That's what Jesus, why Jesus came. That's what he hopes to offer us today. He wants to address our anxiety. He wants to take us through in a strong way, in a way that's actually very beautiful and wonderful, in a way where security will be yours to have. Is that something you might be looking for in this Christmas season? Is that something you wish you could have? I want you to turn to your table partners again and ask a simple question uh, in, in reflection. Um, you know, based on what we've heard so far, what strikes you? What, what do you agree with? What strikes you as something that, oh, I, I need to think about that a little bit more? Uh, what do you disagree with? What do you think, like, ah, I'm not sure about this? Uh, let's take about two minutes to reflect with our table partners about what we've been talking about here.
You know, I, what, what strikes me is that um, I think, again, as we look at the original Christmas story, and as we will be doing this now for the, the remainder of uh, the year, what strikes me, again, is how real and relevant this story is. And I think about the things I've been anxious about in the last few weeks, the things, maybe, maybe a better word for me at least to describe some of the more negative feelings is the things I've been frustrated about, the things that didn't really go my way and I got really frustrated about. And I think about, you know, uh, I was sharing with um, some of you who are a little closer to me, we're in the same missional community and all these sorts of things. So I was sharing that... Um, Recently, as I was really frust- found myself very frustrated, um, you know, sometimes in your frustration, the solution to your frustration is to kind of, kind of go trace your steps backwards and figure out what, what got you frustrated and kind of solve that problem. You know, sometimes you're supposed to do that in life. You you should be doing that often, right? Kind of think backwards, trace your, trace your steps back, and solve the problems. But I felt like in in a recent bout of frustration that actually that wasn't what I was supposed to do. Because the reality was nothing had happened. There was no like trigger moment that got me frustrated. What actually I sensed God leading me to do, and I think about, again, our our passage here, our excerpt here where Jesus is this shepherd. He's wanting to lead us somewhere. I felt like God was actually leading me to simply come to him more. And come to him and surrender myself more to his guidance and his leadership. There wasn't a need to, like, problem solve. There wasn't a need to fix something. But there was a need to be with him. And so I wonder, as we think about, you know, the things we're anxious about as this holiday season gets going, how might God be leading you? What is he inviting you to right now? Sure, he might want to solve some things with you. Sure, some of your anxieties have some root causes that need to be dealt with. Let's be honest. But is there something more than just problem solving that God is wanting you to experience? You know, when I think about the situations here, Described in these two excerpts, the political anxiety with King Herod, the Assyrians that are invading this country of Israel some thousands of years ago, these are not easy problems to solve. These aren't problems you can just think, oh, let me think back three days ago, what happened? Oh, yeah, fix it. Okay, no big deal. These are all consuming problems. These are problems in a non-democratic society (laughs) You, you know, you can't vote your way out of, you can't protest your way out of. These are going to stick around. And yet God comes in the midst of them. And God invites these people, and I believe he invites us to experience something bigger and to find help. Are you looking for strength today? that you don't have? Are you looking for a sense of security? Are you hoping for a sense of peace? 
how might God be inviting you to himself to experience that right now? Can you join me in a final word of prayer here this morning then? God, as we continue through this, or, or, or get this holiday season started, as we immerse ourselves in, in things that, you know, some of us can't control, uh, there's a lot happening around us with the holiday season that just happens, and we kind of go with the flow many times. And yet, in the midst of this, God, we, we really do want to lift our head up. We, we want to get our head above water. We want to get a better perspective of what this season is about. We want to somehow find some solutions in the midst of our anxieties and, and the pressures of the season. We thank you that the Christmas story, that the first Christmas was a very real and relevant story to what we face. And as we reflect on this today and through this season, would you help us to come to you, God? Would you help us to realize that you have come to us to bring relief? And you invite us now to come to you. And so make us aware. Help us to take those steps we need to actually present ourselves before you, to surrender ourselves to you, to, to hand over our, our very selves to you. We long for what you provide. Would you help us to come? And so God, be with us as we go this week. Be with us as we walk out of this place and back into our homes, our families, our roommate situations, our works, workplaces, our classrooms. Be with us throughout this week in a mighty and powerful way. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosmb.com.